great day, everyone. Our Live Fearless Inc. family, welcome to another episode of Live Fearless Inc. Chronicles. And today we have, of course, my co-host Shanique Smith with us. And our very, very special guest who we are so honored to have is Sparkle. <laughs> and we'll learn about Sparkle in a minute. And she has an amazing story as well as documentary on YouTube that we'll talk about today and her experience with domestic violence. So let's start off getting warm and getting to know Sparkle. So Sparkle, let me ask you first question. If you could describe yourself in three words, what would they be? Uh, oh, that's a good one. Okay, in three words, outgoing, mm -hmm. spontaneous, spontaneous. Okay. and oh, that last one. Outgoing, spontaneous, Ooh. <laughs> um, I know you got another one in you. Artistic, artistic. Artistic. I was going to say something around creative artistic should be in you. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I like those answers. Spontaneous. I love that. Yes, I'm very spontaneous. <laughs> the next question is, who are three people who have um, been the most influential in your life so far? Okay, my mom for sure. Mm -hmm. The most influential. That's a tough one. Uh, my mom for sure. My aunt, who is kind of like my dad, like I call her dad because she like took the place of my dad, but my aunt, my mom's sister. Um, Hang on a second. I'm doing my video. It's fine. <laughs> um, okay, so my mom, my aunt, and good question. Can we leave it at two? <laughs> no worries. That's fine. So we got mom and auntie. That's a perfect yes. pick. Yes. We'll that. <laughs> so now let me ask you this: What motivated you to create? Um, surviving my exes? Uh, that I was more inspired by, it's not so much me telling my story, but it's, it's telling my story so that other people feel comfortable telling their story or they just so that they know that they're not alone. They know that they can come to somebody. And also the biggest thing was recognizing signs, especially because uh, once you watch the documentary, you'll see that um, my situation happened when I was very young. And of course, at that time, rose-colored glasses, everything is perfect. You don't even, nothing can ever be wrong. So um, I made the video just to point out some of the red flags that a lot of us should be paying attention to, um, especially when we're younger, so that people, the younger generation right now, all on YouTube, all on social media. So I was hoping, you know, by putting it on the YouTube, making a series out of it that they would watch and kind of maybe point out like, oh, you know, that happened to me too. And they would recognize that that's not necessarily the best situation to be in. I love that. I love the fact that you thought about younger people so that they don't have to experience what you went through. Right. Um, and that they would, it would be a learning, um, a learning tool for mm -hmm. young girls. So yeah. I really, 
that's why I'm so excited to have you on here because it's really great to have a perspective from someone who's younger than I am. <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, we have our stories too, but it's good to hear it from somebody that's your own age. Um, right. To relate, it's re- it's um, relatable because it's not somebody who's now, you know, 47 with a kid. It's somebody who's 27 and she has an experience that I might be going through. It makes it so much more relatable. So right. I love that. And I love the fact that you reached out to me, like I feel very honored and blessed um, that we're able to connect. And then I wanted to ask you, so how long ago was it that you created the um, the docu-series? I call it a docu-series. Oh yeah, I call it a docu-series. Um, I started filming it last year okay. and I just kind of had all the content there and I never really um, edited it I didn't put it together because I just I didn't know if I was ready to be like that vulnerable on camera on YouTube it's literally on the internet for anybody can can see it Mm -hmm. so um I held on to the content for a long time and then I was kind of like it's now or never like you wanted to put this out for a reason so you might as well just go ahead put it together and and put it out So. so are you um are you proud of the product and also the responses that you receive based off of, you know, putting it on social media and people seeing it? Right. The product, I think, I think I did a really good job because I did this all by myself, just with my iPhone. I didn't have like a production team or anything. So I think I did a really good job as far as like filming, editing and putting the story together. Um, Absolutely. I, thank you. I think, um, had it not been on YouTube and I had like maybe a larger platform, I would have been able to go into more detail or um, actually give more of the story because of course I'm giving you like an overview that I had to run down into like 10 minute episodes. Right. But um, with a larger platform and things like that, you're, you're able to share more of the details and more of the story, which could then um, help more people because what I'm giving you is literally surface level and it gets so right. much deeper than that. Um, but I'm I'm very proud of what I put together, what I was able to smush into these 10 minute slots um, and very grateful for the people that helped me, my best friend, my mom for being there and, you know, helping share the story because a lot of people will look at your story and they kind of, they want to find every hole. They want to find like, oh, well, she said that this happened and that couldn't have happened because this. So just having people that are there to back you up and kind of like bring some validity to the situation definitely helps as well. So. I think the product was good and the responses have been really good. I've had people reaching out to me saying, you know, they've gone through that too. And, you know, sharing their stories, which is what I wanted. I want people to feel comfortable enough to reach out whether they're in the situation or they were in the situation or they don't know what to do. Um, That was what I wanted. And then um, also just people that were, that knew me during that time that are coming out like, wow, I knew something was off about that person, but I didn't know what it was. So now people get a more of an understanding of me as well, because they're, they're saying like, oh, like I knew you at that time and that's what was going on. I didn't even realize. So. Right. Now that's a really good point. So you mentioned that you gave us surface with the, but I think it was like, I think it was so well done and it definitely laid the groundwork for anybody who's watching it, who might be experiencing abuse of you tell your story in a way that people can actually go on the journey with you. Can you share like, um, some of the highlights for you um, throughout your throughout your story of domestic violence, like, you know, when did it start? When did you see the red flags? Like, 
at because we talk about you at your age and you were younger I just want to hear from your perspective like how did it start and then when did you start to see red flags that maybe you ignored okay so uh it started I was 15 I was like a sophomore in in high school so at that time of course I don't see any red flags everything's perfect I'm just thinking this is normal it's puppy love we're supposed to do this this is all cute goo goo gaga um I probably didn't start to see red flags even though my mom always pointed them out to me my mom was always like something's not right but of course you think your parents are always trying to shelter you and protect you so you kind of just brush it off I was like you know what I would tell my mom all the time you have to let me bump my head because even though you're telling me hey bumping your head is gonna hurt I don't know what the hurt feels like so you have to kind of let me go through this and even though she wasn't necessarily saying like this person is abusive she was pointing things out that I should have been paying attention to that I kind of like just let roll off my back right um so when I was in high school definitely didn't see anything wrong that was everything was normal to me but it was probably when I started to go to college when I um like a freshman in college that's when I was like okay you probably shouldn't be doing that but then again with that person talking to you and telling you like oh you know I just did that because of this or I was angry I was drunk whatever the case may be there's always some type of justification behind why they did what they did so even then you're still kind of like okay well let's just try again let's just move on we'll move past it um so I would say my sophomore year in college is when I was really like all right yeah that's not supposed to be how this is going and you're absolutely wrong and I'm like I'm done I'm out of it so it took a while because especially being young is one factor and then just um being young I don't have the experience and then also the rose-colored glasses you're in a relationship you just think everything is normal everything's fine he loves me there's no possible way (laughs) that he could be doing this if he didn't love me so Yeah. And I would say like, even because that was a long time that you guys were together. You started out with him in high school and then you Mm -hmm. went um, in a relationship with him into college. So that was like about what, four years or five years you guys were together? It was at least three years that we were together, but I'd known him for at least four years, four or five years. And then like, probably like being like a first relationship for you, like knowing, but when you got into college and you started to see like, yeah, this doesn't seem right. Were there things happening around you that made you more aware of like some of the signs, like were things happening around you or maybe relationships or things happening that influenced you being able to see some light? Yes, but it wasn't necessarily me seeing other people's relationships. It was him bringing other people into our relationship. So where you would normally think an abusive relationship is that person and their partner, um, they're the only ones that would be affected. In my situation, he was bringing my friends into it. He was you know, laying hands on my friends and he was destroying my roommate's property and he was messing up things for other people. And that's when I was kind of like, okay, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> this is not even between you and I anymore. At this point, this is an issue that you have within yourself and you're affecting other people around me. And that's, it's not okay. Right, 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 right. But That's- had it had stayed between me and him, I it probably would have gone on longer because I probably would have still like not realized that it was as bad as it is. But right. I guess it got bad quick. So I it kind of slapped me in the face. Like, oh, right. I know you see this. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's okay. Yeah, because that is 
definitely not normal. And it's interesting because most abusers, they don't abuse other people. So that's why it's so hard for people to see them as an abuser right. because they totally change their personality in front of right. other people. So that's like interesting. They like hidden and guarded, like they're the right. most perfect person on the planet. But mm-hmm. yeah, so my situation was different in that regard because the things that he would do to me, he did to other people, but it was like still that select group. So where his friends didn't see it or his friends didn't know what was happening, but all of my friends knew. Mm-hmm. Right. But, so it wasn't even a it wasn't even a way to hide it um because like you said he brought everyone into it right was there um like was there a level i'm sure of like embarrassment um for you because now everybody knows that this is the person that you were in a relationship with yes definitely um levels of embarrassment especially when i have to when I'm like going back to the person. So everyone knows what's going on. They see it and I'm like, you know what, I'm done, I leave. But I leave for like two days and then I'm back. So of course people are looking like, either she's not telling the truth or she's just stupid. Either way, it's embarrassing for me. Right, so, right, yeah. right, right. You mentioned your, um, like him bringing other people into it. And I w- a couple of things, first I wanna say, um, Everything that you said about the video absolutely resonated. Um, I would have never thought it was just done on the iPhone. It's super professional. Oh, thank um, you. And you know, I love the I love the format of it, and I, I do agree with some of the things that you said in the beginning. With because um, that was actually one of my questions, like why you know why um, a video format the way you did, and you you know you kind of did um, explain that uh, speaking about like the audience, your viewing audience. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it? What was it like for like your mom and your best friend to kind of do these videos with you? Like, was it like walking through everything with you again? Well, for my best friend, kind of, because she was there for it. So she kind of knew along the way, we went to high school together too. So she kind of already knew what was going on as it was happening. My mom had no idea and literally learned about it as everyone else did. I didn't even, when I was interviewing her, I was, I wanted it to be very, um what that's like off guard very i just wanted her regular answers whatever it is that you thought happened or whatever it is that you know i wasn't trying to influence her answers in any way so i just asked her only what she knew Mm -hmm. and even she would ask me like okay well you're asking me that she would ask the follow-up like well when did it happen or what did he do and i still didn't tell her so she actually watched the docuseries and found out more details along with everybody else right so that was that was an experience because she's sitting here like, you know, with anticipation, thinking that she knows everything about her kid. And she's thinking that, you know, she's doing the right thing. She did kind of feel bad because there was one situation that she knew about when I was in college and she just was like, I hope I handled it right. And I hope everything's okay. So I had to like give her the reassurance that everything's fine. You know, I'm, I'm okay now, but in the moment it was, it was a lot in the moment. Um, I forgot what it might have been episode two or three and um, there was an incident that you had talked about that happened and you went to one of the administrators for the school and um, there was a statement that he had given so it's like you went there to give your statement right he had given his statement and Mm -hmm. Here you have this person that you're about to go to for help is turn. I remember you you said when you saw this piece of paper with his name on it. Like, can you describe like how did you, like how did you feel in that moment? So many ways. I felt betrayed. I felt stupid. 
because I'm sitting here trying to like defend this person and I'm telling them nothing happened and everything is fine. I'm just trying to, you know, brush it under the rug. Like everything is okay. And I even went so far as to write down that nothing happened and that everything is okay. And I felt betrayed not only by that person that I was dealing with, but also by the administrator because I feel like she walked me into a corner just to like bash me. Like she could have told me that she already spoke to him or she could have told me that she already knew something happened. But the way that she kind of, the way that she, I don't know how to word it, but the way that she handled the situation, I don't think was the right way at all, especially for her to be another woman speaking to me about what's going on. And I'm telling her like, okay, yeah, nothing happened. But instead of her feeling for me or empathizing with me and trying to actually get to the to, to the bottom of it, she would just be like, oh, okay, fine, nothing happened. And then when I tried to explain like, oh, I only said that nothing happened because I didn't want the situation to blow up, then it was kind of like, well, no, now you're a liar. So I'm not going right. to listen to anything that you say, right. which is like, that happens. I noticed that that happens a lot in situations where people try to protect the abuser. They try to yes. protect someone and then they end up getting the short end of the stick right and that's unfortunate because that would have been a perfect opportunity for someone to advocate for you right but she did the complete opposite and that's um, but it's interesting because at such a young age um going through this abusive um situation i just listening to your story you've you experienced physical abuse psychological abuse verbal abuse as well as financial abuse because you know you ended up having to leave because of what he Mm -hmm. did so um i I remember when you said he like your your card and all these other stories and i'm like okay so you kind of experienced almost pretty much every form of uh, domestic right. violence at such a young age. Right. So I just wanted to ask you, like, what steps did you take to, um, like, really heal from the overall, the abusive situation? Well, at the time, like, younger, when I was younger, I don't think I took any steps. I kind of was just like, all right, that was that situation. I'm going to move on. I'm just going to make sure that I, I try to look for these signs again and try to, you know, steer clear of these situations. Um, I don't think it wasn't until recently that I taken more steps to, to heal from it. And I was in, um, therapy and even my therapist would kind of, the way that she would speak about it and the way that I would respond to her speaking about it, they didn't really coincide. So the way that she, uh, she just kind of brought to my attention that I should maybe look into more things like PTSD. And that's when I realized like, oh, okay, this is bigger than I thought it was. It's affecting me. Even now, I'm 27. This happened when I was between 15 and 18. Mm-hmm. So a whole decade later, and it's still affecting how I'm moving in relationships and how I'm uh, affecting relation. I mean, uh, friendships and things like that. So the healing doesn't necessarily have to start right after the incident. Mm-hmm. It can happen a decade later. Right, right, so, right. Yeah, it's something I'm still working that. on. Yeah, because I can relate to that because it took me years um to finally go through therapy and healing when I realized like yeah you need to do some there's some healing that has to take place because you don't realize that you're carrying all of these this damage right to relationship to relationship and even though people try to say you know I'm not bringing my past into my current relationship or I'm not gonna bring the negative from this one to that one 
it's something that you do like subconsciously. It's not something that you intentionally are doing. Yeah. Oh, I don't trust this person. So now I don't trust you. It's not like that. It's something right. that you, you don't even realize that it's happening. And that's what I dealt with. Absolutely. It's like, it's with the best intentions, you try to start fresh and anew, but right. you don't realize the pain and the trauma that's still stuck there. Like you mentioned PTSD, like I went through PTSD. I didn't even realize that I was going through it until after I went to therapy. I was like, oh, that's what I was going through. So it's like exactly. different triggers you have from even things that people say, you don't even realize that, you know, you're having triggers from just how people treat you, words that are being said right. to you. Um, yeah, so, um, but I, I thank you for saying that because it's true. You might not go through the healing process right away because, you know, for me, I would say that I thought I was okay because, you know, we just went, right. let me just pick up our bags and just keep moving. Mm -hmm. But that bag is filled with so much turmoil, but I was just carrying that bag. So again, it takes some people until you realize that you need to heal, you know, it takes right. like, that healing has to take place so your journey of healing might not happen right away until you really realize that you need to be healed so right one of the things I wanted to ask again kind of going back to still um video and even like something Yolanda said where um the administrator at that time she was in a perfect position to be an advocate for you a supporter an ally um, you know, and you make a valid point in the video where you domestic violence can happen to anybody, any mm -hmm. age, doesn't matter, you know, doesn't matter your sex, finances, whatever. Why do you think that there is still such a stigma that's attached to it that makes people not want to reach out or even make people believe people when they say, hey, you know what, this is what's happening to me? Um, I think it could be a number of things. For one, the embarrassment, because for some reason, everyone wants to have like a picture perfect life and everyone's to appear like nothing is going wrong in their lives. So sharing something like that could be seen as like, just like a step down, like, oh, I'm not so perfect. You know, this, is, this shouldn't be happening to me. So they maybe not want to share it. And then also the fear of being believed, like people, I don't know why people wouldn't believe like if, if you say that something happens to you, I don't, I'm not sure why people don't believe that, but that is also a reason why people wouldn't want to step up and, and speak on their stories because people may not believe them. And I'm not sure, am I answering the question correctly? Yeah. Is that the question? Okay, yeah. So just not being um, believed or just being looked down upon because of you went through this, it may be a sign of weakness. Um, and then also backlash, like, one thing that I <clears throat> dealt with in my situation, telling my my particular family, it just would not have ended well <laughs> because of where my family comes from and then where his family comes from. It would have been more confrontation than solution. And sometimes that's not the best. So if you have a situation like that where you just don't want, you want to like lessen the confrontation, you're not trying to increase it. So that could also be a reason as well. So when you say, that's interesting, right? So when you say where your family comes from and where his family comes from, so do you think that culture um, plays a part in, in people, whether people decide to speak up, not speak up? Yeah, I definitely do. Especially it's, it's culture, it's religion, it's upbringing, you know, because you, if you have, if you come from a family that's all, they're communicators and their biggest thing is let's just communicate with each other. Let's talk it out. We can work it out. Then that's 
that brings you into a safe space where you, you feel like you can go to your parents, your cousin, your aunt, and you can just tell them what's going on because you know that they're going to communicate with you. Mm-hmm. There are some people who may not use communication. Maybe they result to violence or if they right. feel like they need something happened to you. Okay. We're going to get even. And right. those are the people it's like, okay, I know this happened to me, but that doesn't mean that I want you to go hurt that person or I want you to go handle it. Like, I just want you to know so that you can be aware of what's going on. But um, that's also one thing that can happen. And then uh, other cultures, I don't know how, you know, exactly other cultures work, but there, you know, there could be instances where things are handled by stoning, by beheading, like, you know, things like that. So you never want it to get that far when it it doesn't have to be there. Mm So. so it's the escalation and it depends, like you said, on the family. Um, right. But I love the, uh, what, you, what you mentioned about um, believing someone and when they tell their story. And I think a big issue or um, the reason why people are not quick or quicker to believe a victim is because they only believe that this domestic violence is physical. They That's do not true, understand. And if they don't see physical scars, they do not believe right. that it's right. violence. And in that respect, they believe, well, if that's happening, just leave. They think it's just as simple as leaving because they don't right. realize that there's a tie, there's a trauma bond, there's emotional connection to that person. So I, that is a huge reason why people, because they just believe, well, then just leave. Or they don't right. believe because you don't have black eyes and, mm-hmm. you know, bruises all over your face or mm-hmm. where they're visible they don't believe so right yeah that's definitely a huge factor especially with when it comes to like the bruises and oh well you look fine or you didn't act this way I don't know people think that they have there's a cookie cutter right. victim right. or a cookie cutter survivor right. there it's not like just right. like the the person the abuser is not cookie cutter the situations are not nothing about this is ordinary right. which it shouldn't be it's not a normalized situation it's not something that's okay which is why you can't fit every situation into a box. Right. I love that. It's not a cookie cutty cookie cutter cutter. <laughs> situation. It's true because that's so true. People are looking for this is what abuse looks like. It doesn't have a look. Right. Right. <laughs> it does not look it like they're like, oh, it's supposed to be A, B, C. If it doesn't have that, then it's not abuse. When that's really not the case. Absolutely. So more people, more people have probably been abused and don't even realize that they've been abused because yeah. they're not bruised or bleeding or missing teeth or hurt physically like that's not the only way to be abused so now that you mentioned I just want to bring the segue into this from your perspective when you when you see like social media and like (laughs) reality tv and we see like violence or domestic violence being like romanticized what are your thoughts about that Mm, I think it can bring a negative in a way, it's, it's, it's more negative than it is positive. Like, I understand the entertainment, whatever aspect of it, but what they're doing, especially to young minds, is making people think that it's okay. And that's exactly why, you know, me, when I was younger, I'm like, oh, okay, well, it's fine. It was just that once, or it was, it was a little thing. It's not that big of a deal. But if you look at movies like Mr. and Mrs. Smith, right. that looks like, right. oh, that's, what, that's cool. That's the thing to do. Like, he loves that, me. That was not right. That that was not okay. But you that by romanticizing it or even putting it in a movie, even if it's not romanticized, if it's if it's bad in general, just putting it in a movie, 
makes it seem it kind of normalizes it and then we get this um we get this thought i forget what it's called i learned it in my media class but once you start to see bad things happen over and over and over you you get like a numbness to it so you start to think like oh it's, it may not need be normal but you don't process it emotionally the way that you should because you've seen it so many times on tv right. yeah that's really good i like that i like that a lot that's true and i think maybe that's what we've become in society like we see we're like oh but we're not realizing that people are seeing this like some children are absorbing it as normal like um some people are taking it on like oh this is what relationships and love look like this we got a battle we got a fight he gotta he gotta snatch my phone and have my passcodes in order to know that so that I know that he loves me. No. Right. Or like so. they do that in movies and in, in movies it's okay. Like if someone snatches his phone, like, oh, unlock your phone. And then the guy unlocks it. Right. The movie goes on. They don't put right. a little disclaimer that says this is not right. okay. The movie continues. <laughs> so. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So let me ask you, Sparkle, if uh, what is one thing that you've learned through this entire process? What is one thing that you, or it might be, I'm sure it's more than just one thing. Just share some things that you've learned about yourself um, throughout this entire process. And even through filming your documentary, docu-series until today. Okay, I've learned, for one, I'm stronger than I seem because there are situations now, this is something that my therapist taught me, the situations that I go through now not that they're okay, but just, you know, petty things. This is, I'm talking normal relationship stuff here. Right. Petty arguments, not right. abusive stuff, but normal right. stuff. I take that and I, it just rolls off my back and it's no big deal to me because where I came from. So I went through such a bad relationship that stuff now that other people would be like, oh my God, that's a, that's a deal breaker. For me, it's like, I don't really care. Like, you're not, you're not really hurting me. You're just, I don't even know. But it's never as bad as as it seems. And I feel like that makes me strong because I'm able to communicate more instead of just saying, you know, that was bad and I'm out. I can sit there and internalize it and then communicate with you and figure out the root of it. And that's that's actually probably one of the bigger things that I've, I've learned through the situation is getting to the root of people's problems, even outside of relationships, when it comes to friendships, yeah. meeting people, if I notice something is a little bit off about someone, I will more than likely try to figure out why. Like, okay, so like, what's your relationship like with your parents? Like, what is it, what was it about your upbringing? How do you handle, mm-hmm. I'm trying to see how you handle certain situations because not everyone is the way that they are just on their own. They weren't just born that way. It's like nature versus nurture. So right. um, that was something that I even did with my ex, the abusive, person that I dealt with I still after all of that had the heart to try to figure out like okay well what's wrong with you like what is going on with you mentally emotionally what's going on so that you can sometimes you can help the person you know if it's a release that they need or they need to talk about it or maybe they need therapy either way there's always something um, so it's giving you a greater sense of awareness not just of yourself but just what's yeah. around you and people right right mm-hmm. Um, and it, yeah, and so, it sounds like a, a compassion for people too, because yeah. you know there's a story behind every story. Um, exactly. Everybody walking down the street has their own story. They're living their own lives, which I think is so crazy. But yeah, it makes you just want to be more just cognizant of the people that you have around you, especially when it comes to their energies, if that's something you want to make.
So I'm going to ask this on video anyway, but um, are you, do you have plans to extend the, um, to extend the docuseries? Yeah. I do. I'm just trying to figure out the direction that I want to go because mm -hmm. when I first filmed that, it was supposed to be like a parody. It wasn't supposed to be as serious as it was, but then once that was my first time talking about that, like openly. So it ended up being a little bit more serious than I, I anticipated, which is why it took me so long to edit because I had to think if I wanted to refilm it to do the idea that I originally had, or if I wanted to at least put this out um, for the story that it is, because at the end of the day, that's what happened. So I could put it out and do something else or, or not. So um, I do plan on continuing it, but my relationships after that were not nearly as bad. So I don't know if it's gonna have the same vibe and then I don't wanna take away from the feeling that this one has. So I might do something different, I'm not sure. Yeah, it was, um, when I started watching it, I was like, wait, like even from like, I watched, of course I watched the trailer first and mm -hmm. I'm like, it like for me, like it immediately pulled me, it immediately pulled me in. And then mm -hmm. I literally just sat here. I wait, I was at work in a meeting and I literally just sat here and started watching and just, you know, started watching um, the videos. And, you know, like you said, the, the audience, you could really tell where you, you really thought about your audience, like between the, the millennials and, you know, trying to reach younger people. Um, super great for attention span because I'm over digital. I'm over everything digital right now, especially right. working from home. So, <laughs> you know, the videos were, they were enough. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? It's not like trying to watch a, a two hour movie on your cell phone, you know? Right. And actually, they kept going into the next um, video before I even realized that it went into. Right another video that was one thing that I tried to keep like I wanted to keep the videos under 10 minutes because 10 minutes that's a long time but I also wanted to make sure that throughout the 10 minutes that you're watching the video that there is information that keeps you watching instead of just like space fillers like nothing was there just to fill a space everything mm -hmm. was information that was necessary for you to know the next part like I wasn't going to go to the next part without you understanding what why that part happened yeah, so I, I tried to pack as much information in each episode as I could too. Yeah, I was watching it. I was like, darn, I'm like, I got the, I was like, I got two more videos I gotta watch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you watched. I'm glad you enjoyed them. It makes me happy. <laughs> Wait, you know what? It's funny that you say I'm um I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I, it was the it was the sh the weirdest feeling ever that I was watching this and I did enjoy watching it. And a part of me was like, wait, you're not supposed to. <laughs> like, I'm like, wait, hold on. That's so right. Like, you're not supposed to like, no, you're not supposed to like feel right. You shouldn't, you shouldn't enjoy this. This is not a happy right. thing. And I was like, right. no, I was like, unique, your weirdness is coming through. But I'm like, I so I'm actually, I feel actually okay that you said you know that you're happy I enjoyed it because I'm like wait this is somebody's pain and suffering but right. the format and just the way that everything the way that everything was done um it did make it I want to say enjoyable. enjoyable 
Yeah. I mean, I wanted it to be easy for the palate. I didn't want it to be like a super sad thing where you end up crying about it. I wanted it to be easy to watch so that you continue to watch and, and take in the notes. Cause I put in like statistics and things like that. So that while you're watching, you're also learning. So you're hearing my story, but like pay attention because these are the actual tips that you need to be looking for. Yeah, I was like, so, I, was saying, I like, did intend for it to be enjoyable. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, Mike, but yeah, it's it's tough. Um, I was telling, I've told Yolanda before that, um, you know, I'm I'm a support I'm a support I'm an ally. Like I've never been in a domestic, you know, in a in an abusive relationship, but. Um, for me, it's like literally like learning so much. I was like, when, I, when we first started, I think we did a, a live or we did a podcast and somebody asked me a question and I was like, you got me sitting here crying on camera. Hold on. She's I was like, y'all got me sitting here literally crying on camera. Hey there, so we're gonna take a quick break because in the middle of the recording, I had some technical difficulties. So we will be right back with Sparkle in one moment. So, okay, sorry, recording. Okay, so we're back into interview mode. I'm so sorry. So, um, Yannick, you had a question, I think. You're, you're up. No. I don't remember. Um, okay. well, well, I did ask questions about, um, you know, having friends and family. That was like one of the primary video, um, primary questions um, that I did have. I literally just that fast, I forgot um, what we were just talking about. Um, I don't remember. I have to come back. Like, I, I literally forgot my question that fast. <laughs> was it the one that well, you asked? I have a question. Yeah, it was. What was that quote? What did I just ask you? Oh, you asked me... Oh, dang. We just had a whole conversation. Oh, uh, whole conversation. <laughs> and nobody remembers. Great. No, like we are a whole conversation. Oh, okay, so you know what? I don't remember the exact question, but this is along the line of what we were just talking about with the, um, you know, with the videos. And I was saying that um, as I was watching the video, it's like, I didn't know how to feel in the sense of, the videos were enjoyable to watch, right? But I'm like, wait, this is somebody's pain and suffering. I'm like, wait, how am I, how am I supposed to feel, you know, as I'm, as I'm watching this video? Right. It was done so well. And I think, right, you, right. you know, sometimes you hear the story of like, when you hear domestic violence, you hear like the, if I think it's in, you hear the humdrum stories and sometimes people are um they're drawn away from it mm -hmm. they don't want to engage because they feel sorry or whatever right. they feel but you did it in such a way where it captivates the audience so it makes them want to continue to watch to mm -hmm. continue to learn and even though it doesn't feel like it's a um it's a heartbreaking story, but the way that it's done, it makes somebody want to continue to watch and mm -hmm. not offset to be like depressed and sad and then like switch right. off like, I don't want to watch this. It's right. something that people want to, because there's a lot of YouTube videos out there about domestic violence and they usually 
they start out and through the entire um, the entire documentary or movie, it's like so sad, so mm-hmm. depressing where people like, I can understand why people, I know why I watch it, but I can see why somebody else who can't relate necessarily to domestic violence would switch off. So I just right. want to give you kudos because it was done so well to like kept me really engaged you know and that's important to be able to keep people who don't know about domestic violence that's where the learning takes place is right. somebody watching who's not familiar with it so they can learn mm-hmm. yeah. right thank you I, I was gonna say I remember my um I remember my question but I was to you know to go back to the videos and how you feel and I was gonna say I think um what Yolanda just said is a, a key point and it was something that you and I were talking about um because the humdrum isn't there, um, you it's like we still we still hear your story, we still feel the emotion without it being either somebody who's in that situation right now completely reliving it, watching it and feeling that pain and suffering. It's still somewhat of a light and a healing in watching, you know, and watching and watching that video. So again, job, you know, really and truly job well done. Um, mm-hmm. The question that I finally remembered was, um, do are you going to continue the? Um, oh right, right. <laughs> Am I going to continue the series? So, um, like I was saying, um, the series when I first started. Before I even filmed, I had the idea to do the whole surviving my exes. And it was supposed to be kind of a parody. It was supposed to be just me talking about my exes. I don't know if you guys have seen any of my other videos on my channel, but I'm usually pretty silly. Like I do kind of like a just sit up and talk, but I'm normally talking about life things, anything that's going on, any viral topics. And I'm kind of just jokingly talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm, I'm serious in what I say, but I say it in a very joking way. So a lot of my videos are very playful. So when I came up with the idea, I thought it would be a playful way of me talking about my exes and getting out these stories because some of them are actually kind of funny. So I thought that that's what it would be. And then because this was my first time actually vocalizing this story and really talking about it, it ended up being more serious than I intended. Mm -hmm. And once I finished filming it, and I was looking at the footage that I had, that's what took me so long to do the editing and actually putting the video out because I didn't know which way I wanted to go. If I wanted it to keep it serious and you know have it be a teachable moment, or if I wanted to go with the parody and have it be funny, but it's not really a funny situation. It's not something to laugh about. So I didn't really know which way to go. Um, since I went in the direction of it being a teachable moment, that kind of it switched the, the the path that I was on for the rest of the series. So okay. I I want to continue it, but I don't know if it's going, that the remaining videos will have the same feeling mm-hmm. because the, the rest of my situations after that were not as bad as the first one. So if I'm gonna talk about them, it, it's not gonna have, there aren't nearly as many teachable moments in the rest of them as there are in this one. In so one. I don't know how I wanna really navigate the rest of the series. Got it. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. But I think it was very teachable. So I think, it, you know, you definitely hit the nail on the head. Yeah. I hope to see more from you, um, even if it goes in a different direction. But I think you definitely have that creative eye. So I think that, in fact, now that we talk about it, I would love to connect you with somebody who's doing something around mental health. 
um, for women. And she's about, you guys are around the same age. She's like 30-ish. And I think you could lend um, some feedback or support to her with her pulling that together. Because I just think, I thought about that yesterday when we interviewed her on Tuesday. And then I watched Mm -hmm. your series again. And I was like, wow, I think that they could probably do something together. Like, to help. I mean, I'm open to it. (laughs) In the way that you did, like, I just think you did it so well. I think that you could definitely lend some, uh, a, a different perspective to the story. So, but I'm going to definitely connect you guys. I think that would okay. be awesome. Now, I wanted to ask you, um, if you could leave our listeners, specifically anyone who's young, um, with any, uh, any messaging about abuse or signs of abuse or just any messages of hope um what would that message be um the message would be and i even say this in my videos pay attention to the red flags even if the flags look yellow and you feel like you have to ask somebody ask somebody but pay attention to the red flags and even though a lot of times we look at our elders and we think they don't know what they're talking about because I'm young and they're old I'm not gonna listen to them listen to them a little bit like just (laughs) they always have your best interest at heart so if they say something it's because they saw something Mm -hmm. and more often than not they're gonna be right so if what they said is a yellow flag to you pay attention to it because it's gonna be a red flag later okay and don't ignore the red flags I love that I love that and like you said like from listening to your elders because they bring wisdom and know they not may have not necessarily gone through the same experience with you, but also they're looking from a different perspective while you're right. inside of it. They're, you're looking at it from being inside. Someone else is looking at it from the overall perspective, which is right. outside. So I think yeah. it's always important to listen. That's because I, I didn't listen either. So Right. And it's not always only with your elders, because for me, there have been friends that pointed something out and they'll say, oh, that doesn't really, that doesn't look right. But I'm just like, oh, I'm in it. You're not. You don't know what you're talking about. But outside looking in, definitely right. different from the inside looking out. Right, 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 right. That's good. That's really, really good. I like that advice. Um, and I, the last question is, where do we find you? On social media? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. well, <laughs> my handle is the same across the board. It's the same on anything. If you ever want to find me, it's uh, Sparkle Boulevardes, but the Boulevardes is B-L-V-D-Z. So Sparkle, B-L-V-D-Z on anything. Yes. And we will have her tagged as in the comments of the of the uh, podcast, as well as we will have the link to Surviving My Exes, The Red Flag. We are so grateful to have had you as our guest today. It was an absolute pleasure. (laughs) And we look forward to seeing more from you. Like, I'm really excited about seeing how you evolve um, going forward. So I'll be following you and staying connected with you. And we're so happy to have built this collaboration and partnership. And she actually is going to be coming on one of our lives soon. So look out for her so we can see her as well. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for having me. I do appreciate it.
Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I was so excited from this from the beginning. Once we first set it up, I was like, I can't wait for this. And then, um, <laughs> so I just, I don't know what, I, I'm going to say it's God planted a seed in you to reach out to me because it worked out perfectly and I'm grateful. So oh, thank you so much for being with us. To our Live Fearless Inc. family, we thank you for listening again to Live Fearless Inc. Chronicles. Um, we will highlight all of Sparkle's information in the notes. So please make sure you follow her as well as watch surviving my ex is the red flag you will love it and you won't regret the time that you spent um, watching it we appreciate you we love you we encourage you to stay socially distant but remain virtually connected thank you so much we love you and have a great day <laughs>